Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. So I have three things for our younger listeners to be listening for. Most of them are having a lot of fun in the wiggle room, but just in case they can hear me, three things. The first, what are some of, who are some of the people that we can be praying for? The second, what are some of the instructions on how to live that we hear in the Bible? And the third, how many times do I say the word world? The word world. So three things to be listening to. Well, several weeks ago, I was summoned to jury duty, and I ended up sitting as juror number one in a criminal trial that lasted over a week. Each morning as I walked from the parking lot to the Justice Center along Ontario Street in downtown Cleveland, and each evening as I walked back, I prayed. I felt a lot like when I served as a chaplain. As I walked the halls of the hospital, I would pray for patients, for families, for staff, and sometimes even myself. The hospital came to feel like holy ground. Spending time at the courthouse helped me to have a better sense of the people and situations that might bring a person there, and I found myself lifting in prayer all of the people that I saw and the system of justice that we depend on in this country. During the week, I thought to myself, I should come back here periodically to pray. Well, a week ago, Saturday, I did return, but this time for Cleveland's Pride March which is described by its organizers, the GLBT Center of Greater Cleveland, as a visible demonstration of support for the LGBTQ plus community and shows that we cannot and will not be silent in our march towards equality for all. I found myself walking that same path from my car down Lakeside Ave toward Ontario, thinking about the prayers I offered the last time that I was there and being thankful for this chance to return once again wearing my clergy collar, but this time with a shirt over it that read, This Pastor Loves You, with Pastor in Rainbow Letters. As I approached the corner, a young woman who was standing there waiting for the light looked up and said to me, Excuse me, can I offer you some words of encouragement? Words of encouragement? Of course! And I took the envelope that she handed me that it was addressed in purple sparkly pen that said, to you, smiley face. And I thanked her and I turned down the street. I had a huge smile on my face as I held this card in my hands. Now you might know that I spend a lot of time writing notes of encouragement to congregants, to teachers, to friends and family. So how wonderful to receive some myself. And I thanked God for the ways in which joy can catch us unaware and for this beginning of pride. I opened the envelope and I found a handwritten letter on the inside, also in that purple sparkly pen. And as I began to read it, I realized that this card contained not words of encouragement, but prayers that my soul would not be damned to hell because I'd been led astray and was deceived and confused about what God really thought about the people out celebrating on this day. I was real ticked off. And I stopped in my tracks. 
I had been deceived, but it wasn't in the ways that letter implied. In those split seconds, my anger made room for sadness and prayers that this woman would come to know God's expansive love, a love that was meant for her as well as every person at that march that day. I turned around to find her. See, I wanted to tell her that what she was doing was really harmful, and it wasn't the way to change anyone's mind about anything. I wanted her to know that I believed that the God we both share loves both of us, even though we don't agree. I wanted her to know that there were people like me, in collars even, who had come to Pride that day to act as buffers between God's beloved children and the messages of damnation and shame that are so often hurled against them. And so I was glad that I had received one of those notes. I wanted her to know that there was space, space in God's kingdom for tax collectors and prostitutes and wayward disciples, along with all the rest of us. And there were a lot of us in the world and at that march who were ready to be seen and heard proclaiming that loudly and unapologetically. I wanted her to know that there was so much joy in the world that I was worried she was missing out on. But I couldn't find her. She was gone. As I kept walking, I kept praying and wondering what it was about this street that made it such holy ground. As I rounded the corner in front of Old Stone Church by Public Square, there was a familiar sight, fairmounters, young and old, with smiles and rainbows and arms extended. And there were people I didn't recognize, folks who needed a group of people to walk with and were invited into the fold. As we were busy handing water bottles to one another and passing around the sunscreen, some of our youth came up to me wide-eyed and full of joy, saying, Pastor Lindsay, this is my first time at Pride. I had no idea there would be so many people. We hadn't even entered the fray of the people yet. And already the abundance of rainbows and friendly faces was more than these youth had ever experienced. And they knew they were loved. They knew they were safe. They knew they were free to be themselves. Later that morning, one of them said to me, Pastor Lindsay, this is the best thing I have ever experienced. And so we took a selfie of that exact second because I wanted a picture of being with someone who was having the best moment they had ever experienced, and I wanted proof and a reminder of why I am in ministry. That whole walk, as I talked with members of our congregation and with people I had just met, as I found myself dancing along to the music of the dance group in front of us, that was amazing. As I cheered with the throngs of people who were lining the streets, I just kept thinking about the kind of world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where people don't come up to me teary-eyed to thank me for wearing a shirt that communicates that I, on behalf of the church, love them. Because instead, when they see my collar, they already assume that I'm ready to share that love. I want to live in a world where when I meet people my age or younger, I don't have to awkwardly figure out how to assure them that I really do believe that all lives, black lives matter, and that I'm not ever, ever going to try to damn anyone to hell 
particularly for being the people that God made them to be. I want to live in a world where my kids don't excitedly tell me at the dinner table, Mom, the book I'm reading has a character that goes by they, them. Because so many of their books have characters that go by they, them, that it doesn't register as something out of the ordinary. I want to live in a world where people who express their genuine and authentic and healthy love for themselves and for others can do so without fear of harm in body or spirit. I want to live in a world where words of encouragement really are words of encouragement. God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. Every single one of us made in God's image, everyone. And God so loved the world that God gave God's only child, sent that child into the world not to condemn the world, but that through that child, the world might be saved. And we're given instructions, literal instructions, in many passages of Scripture, including the ones that we read this morning from Romans. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Be affectionately devoted to one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. Every week when we gather together, we pray the words, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because you and I were living in this already but not yet world of God's kingdom. And God is calling each of us to co-create the community that God envisions. And that takes each and every one of us rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation, being constant in prayer, contributing to the needs of saints, and practicing hospitality to make this vision become our lived reality. And while we're called to this, all of us, the work in front of each one of us looks a bit different. The first step to helping co-create this kingdom is to allow yourself to really believe, like deep down in the marrow of your bones, that you are created by God and in God's image, and that no one, no one can take that from you. I'm so very grateful that I grew up in a family and a church community that deeply believes this. And so I never questioned that God would love and call to ordination GLBT people. But that experience is radically different from many others who were taught to shame and hate those who are outside the heterosexual norm of society. And many of those people turn their shame inward, hating their bodies and their very selves. Changing that belief system takes time and effort and being surrounded by a community of people who can hold you in love and in grace. At Fairmount, we seek to be that kind of community. We're not perfect, but we seek to be that kind of community. If you're struggling with believing that you are a beloved child of God for any reason, we're here to help you, help you hold that and then to throw away whatever toxic messages you were holding so that you can make room for a new identity of being beloved. For me, the bulk of the work comes in the form of bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. See, on Saturday morning, I just wanted to write off that young woman who handed me those words of encouragement. I wanted to say things like, well, forget you. We don't need people like you here. 
but do you hear how that sounds? I don't want to sound like that. There's this tension between hating what is evil and hating people. I want to live in a world where I'm not afraid to send my kids to school, where people don't feel like they need assault rifles, where everyone has access to health care, where struggling to make ends meet isn't a thing, where every child has access to quality education, where anyone who wants a child or a college degree can go and get a fantastic education without the burden of debt, where bodies of every shape and size and color and ability are respected and honored and given dignity, where there are as many polar bears, walruses, bowhead whales, and sea ice as is needed to keep the entire planet healthy. That's the world I want to live in. And I can get on a really high moral horse about how my vision is correct and how those who don't agree are terrible and perhaps have hearts of stone. But you know what? Those people, they were also made in God's image. And those people is not a phrase I actually want in my vocabulary. So yes. I will continue to stand as a buffer in those times and places where that is needed. And yes, I will use my voice and my vote to name systems and policies and actions that I believe are evil because they take away the humanity and dignity and rights of others. And I'm going to keep praying to be a part of God's expansive love and for God to help me understand that that love isn't just for those that I want to claim that it's for. It's actually for everyone. I'm going to keep practicing, praying for people who aren't like me, who don't share the same political and worldviews, and to do it in a way that breaks my heart open with grace rather than hardening it with judgment. It takes each and every one of us to co-create with God the kingdom here on earth. And we're each going to come at it from different angles and with different skills and gifts and growing edges. I don't think anyone who's ever met me would accuse me of lagging in zeal. Zeal's just a gift I happen to bring to the table. But I'm hoping that when I sit down at the table, I'll be seated next to someone whose gift is blessing and not cursing those who disagree with them. So I wonder, what is the work and the creation that God is calling you to in this moment? And who do you need to sit next to? For God so loved the world and every single one of us in it. Alleluia and amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.